Welcome back to another episode of Official Visit, the podcast about college baseball recruiting by players for players. I'm Jared Penniman, and along with me is Joe Jimenez, but I want to start off the episode today with uh, Joe Joe just signed, for those of you that don't know, with the Pittsburgh Pirates as an undrafted free agent, and I just want everyone to know and to listen. Just congrats, Joe. That's that's we're we're all so happy for you. I appreciate it, Jared. You know, absolute dream come true. Something you dream about since something I've been dreaming about since I was a little kid. So, um, just an awesome experience out there. Um, you know, minor league season's canceled. Still getting my work in at home, but but wish I was on the field. But but all good. For those of you that don't know, Joe also got flown out to Pittsburgh, was able to go visit PNC and sign in person. It was a it was a really awesome, awesome deal. We we also have a post about it on our on our Twitter and our Instagram. So so go check that out. But Jay, uh, Joe, tell us a little bit more about who we got on the episode today. So today's guest is Jake Engel. Um, Jake and I first met last last summer um, playing in the Northwoods, playing uh, for Thunder Bay. Thunder Bay Border Cats. Jake's a big athletic outfielder who just mashes. You know, he just puts on a show during BP, easy pops all fields. Um, one of the best hitters I've I've honestly ever seen in my life. Um, Jake's from Tucson, Arizona, and went to Ironwood Ridge High School before attending Dixie State University, which is in St. George, Utah. And like I said, this kid mashes. After hitting 385 with 14 bombs and 52 RBI. In 53 games, he was named a Division II First Team All-American. In this interview, you'll hear Jake talk about being from Tucson, which didn't really have many college baseball recruits from the area. Um, He talks about his difficulties getting recruited, but also talks about wishing that he started the process a little earlier. Jake also tells us about kind of his player development at, at Dixie, but... The thing that really stuck out to us was his mindset. He he grew into the player that that Joe just described a a first team All American, but he kind of made a mentality shift, which was basically focused on my competition is out there working, and if I need to be better than them, then I need to show up every day to the yard, working just as hard, if not harder, than everybody else in the country. And it was. It was really fun to listen to him talk about that mindset and that shift and really becoming the, the player that he is that he is today. And like Joe said, the dude just absolutely mashes baseballs. So, Joe, you ready to go? Yep. Let's go. Jake, how you doing, man? Thanks for coming on. I really appreciate it. Yeah, thanks for having me. So, Jake, we'll, we'll get right into it. You're from Tucson, Arizona. You went to Ironwood Ridge High School. When did you first realize you wanted to play college baseball? Um, I thought it was always kind of the dream, you know, since freshman, sophomore year. I didn't really know what I was going to get myself into. I didn't really understand, like, the recruiting process or anything. But, like, I think I knew right away that, that was going to be my ticket to college. So that was kind of the whole goal going through my high school 
what a process in a way what because yeah i mean when when you first start it a lot i mean unless you know people who have gone through through it you don't really know where to start so how did you go about kind of knowing where to start did you look at people that were older than you or kind of what everyone else was doing and what did you what did you do to kind of kick start that process um so tucson isn't necessarily like the best spot for recruiting like not a lot of people go to big schools from there so none of my friends kind of had the all of us were kind of in the same boat when it came to recruiting like none of us had big offers or we're talking to schools right away like it all kind of came late for us so like early on in high school i didn't really even think about it a whole lot i just kind of was hoping that it was something that was just going to happen rather than me making it happen in a way that makes sense so i guess i didn't really start getting into the whole recruiting process and understanding like how the college scene worked till probably junior or senior year. So Jake, being from Arizona and like we know the Arizona Fall Classic was was a lot of the recruitment for for guys in the Tucson area, but I guess the Arizona general Arizona area in general, was it based on those on those big tournaments? Oh, 100%. I think the junior and senior classic were huge for everybody, not from people just from Arizona. I think anybody that went to that tournament got some crazy exposure. And I, I, cause I went to, I went to both the junior and senior fall classic and it seemed like sometimes, cause I went with two different teams, both different years. And one of the years was, was definitely with a group of less talent. Do you think that if you go with, with a, a highly skilled team you're more likely to get in front of better coaches if that makes sense oh absolutely and i think a lot of the scouts that go to those things know who they're going to see you know but i mean if they're walking around and they see a pitcher pumping 95 that's when they all kind of start going to that game so it's kind of look at the draw who you play against in a way but yeah like if you're on a team with some big time dudes like there's gonna be a lot of people behind the plate and did you was that something that you tried to kind of incorporate was going with a better team or with better individuals from your area? Or did you just kind of go with, with what you had? Um, so man, I was my junior year. I played with just a club ball team that I'd play on for a while. And then my senior year I played with the Yankee scout team. So that was big. Cause it's just the coach was a Yankee scout. So he brought in a bunch of people that he knew just through word of mouth. So that was big, especially cause there's a lot of dudes on that team, which helped. So, Jake, being on the Yankee scout team, would you guys just go on those big tournaments, or who else would you guys play? No, so for that team, we only went to the Senior Classic, and then every weekend we would play one of the junior colleges in Arizona. So that was the only big tournament that we did with that team. Can you can you tell us a little bit more about about the Yankee scout team. Cause I know, I know in Vegas when I was, when I was going through the recruiting process, we had the Cardinal scout team. I think now there's a, there's a Cubs scout team. So there's, there's these teams kind of all over the place, but for those that don't really know about them, just kind of sum up what the Yankee scout team was and kind of what it did for you. Um, I mean, man, it was four or five years ago, but at that time, like it was just big, just trying to get exposure um, knowing that the head coach was, like I said, he was a Yankee scout. So knowing that he had a lot of resources and the network he had was huge, especially for me, not really having a whole lot of 
uh, leverage at that time when it came to baseball. So just really getting on that team was good just to get seen in front of all those JUCOs and then anyone that he wanted to bring in or if he thought like a school was a good fit, he would give him a call and stuff. So, I mean, it was, I thought it was big time, but yeah, no, there's scout teams all over the place. So I think just like for anybody that would want to get exposure or get like really into the recruiting process, like I would strive to make one of those teams for sure. Right. And I'm assuming there were some dudes on, on that Yankees scout team where, where most of those guys, committed i mean you you said you were playing them by senior year with most of those guys committed at that point um a lot of them were uh there's a lot of like there's a couple kids that were uncommitted and then as soon as they made the team and got signed to or they committed to a team they quit which i thought was kind of weird but like yeah a lot of it, a lot of people just use it as a gateway to find a school for them which is essentially what it's there for but yeah there were some dudes that I mean, one of the kids, that Nick Gonzalez kid that just signed seventh overall, he was on it. Um, oh, you played with him? Yeah, he's from Arizona or Tucson. Gotcha. Pirates plug but, uh, right there. Yeah, I forgot <laughs> who I'm talking to here. Um, um, Jake, I want to I wanna go back to uh, high school, high school ball for you, because uh, you talked about how you were just Tucson for you. It wasn't a lot of big name guys with big name offers, but I mean, looking, looking at your, your high school stats, your junior year, you hit 400. Um, I mean, even your sophomore year, you hit 314. You were, I would classify those as pretty good high school numbers. Were you kind of hoping that your numbers would speak for themselves in the recruiting process? Or was it just because like you said, there wasn't a ton of big name dudes in Tucson. So you kind of had to go out and get your name out there yeah i mean i didn't i would hope that the numbers helped me out a little bit but just locations everything when it comes to recruiting and since tucson there was so much talent in tucson that got passed on just because of location but i mean there are some there's kids that hit 500 600 that are at d2 d3 schools just because they didn't get the exposure just because of the location they lived in which sucks but that's just you know, that's life. Right. So that old saying of if you're good enough, they'll find you. You don't really believe in that per se. Not necessarily. I think it depends on where you live. Um, I think if you lived in Phoenix or Vegas or Southern California and you put up those kind of numbers, you're going to get the looks you deserve, but kind of like those smaller cities or certain locations where the scouts don't have a lot of access of getting there in a way. Mm-hmm. It's harder to get out, which sucks because then you got to spend a bunch of money at those showcases and other tournaments and kind of grind your way through it, which is, you know, that's part of the experience. So, right. I was just going to say, like, you know, if you were talking to a young Jake Engel right now and, and you knew it was harder to get exposure in Tucson, what would you say to him? Would you just say, like, yeah, like, you know, fly out to some showcases? That's the best chance you have. Um, I would start earlier honestly, with the whole getting the name out. Um, like I said, I didn't really start sending emails out till junior year, late junior year. And like, I would have jumped on that sophomore year, if not before, just kind of, if not going to those showcases, just emailing coaches, sending video, especially now with baseball being so analytical, like Twitter is huge for recruiting. I know Dixie does a bunch of recruiting via Twitter, 
like just doing stuff like that to kind of help yourself out. I mean, it's a dog eat dog world, but you really got to help yourself out when it comes to that kind of stuff. That's, that's kind of actually exactly where I wanted to go next because you talked about sending out emails. I know I sent out a ton of emails, but now it seems that a lot of recruiting is going social media based, whether it be Twitter or Instagram. Did, did you send out video and would you even feel comfortable now? I mean, posting video of your high school self on, on social media for these coaches. I mean, tell us a little bit more if you know about what Dixie state kind of looks for on social media. Um, I just know that our pitching coach, he looks for a lot of stuff on there. Just people are always posting like their numbers their stats, their, their velos, all that stuff. But that wasn't really around when I was, I'm saying, I mean, same with you guys. Like it, that wasn't huge when we were in high school. So, but no, I think sending video to coaches is a big thing to do. And I know for Dixie state, a lot of their big deal is getting them on campus to like a camp or a showcase that they hold so they can see you in person. Mm-hmm. So I would assume that happens with a lot of other coaches so they can, cause everyone can look really good on camera, you know, but when they see the real deals, when I kind of, get a better idea of who they want. I think that that's interesting that you, the last thing you said, Jake, about how everyone can kind of look good on camera and it's just kind of like, it is interesting to see how guys are essentially advertising themselves on Twitter and Instagram and, and, yeah. you know, like really getting their name out that way. But I mean, you see, you see recruiting, companies like PBR, like they're constantly posting, you know, like this is this kid. Oh yeah. He, he threw this hard and struck out this many guys. But I mean, yeah, like if, if coaches are on Twitter and it's definitely a valuable place to, to be able to get yourself out there um, along with email, but you know, Jake, let's talk about the process of, of talking to Dixie. When did you first start talking to him? Um, so I had, I, oh, geez, how that happened. So I had sent them an email like junior year, just saying like, I was interested. I don't even remember if I sent a video or not. And then just kind of the normal thing that happens, like, oh, like we like what we see. We want you to come to a camp. Here's a link. And then, so I ended up going to a showcase or a workout at the university of Utah that Dixie was going to. So I kind of got in cahoots with the both of them. And so I went up there, did my workout. One of the coaches up there watching and kind of just went from there. Asked me on a visit, drove up to St. George, and I guess the rest was history from there. And so the the process kind of going with when you get back invited into camps is it's kind of hit or miss because at least in my opinion, I found that some schools – were interested in you and invited you to a camp and then some schools that was just their mo they if you reached out they would invite you to a camp when did you really i know we're going back a ways but when did you really realize that okay they're actually interested in me they're not just trying to plug plug their camps um i think when they asked me on the visit to come check the whole facility out and the school it kind of got me like the idea that they didn't just want me to go to a camp so they could you know, pay their assistant coaches, you know, like they wanted me to actually be a part of the program and had genuine interest in me. So that was kind of when I got the hint that this could be something serious. 
so Jake, you're walking around the Dixie State campus and you know, what what was the feeling you got or you had when you got there? Like did you kind of love it immediately? Was it just like, you know, this place is cool, I want to look at other options? Um, how are you feeling when you're walking around campus? Um oh geez. I mean, I think right away I thought it was a really cool campus. The baseball facility is top tier, so that really got my attention, but um, growing up in Tucson, like I had the U of A growing up with like going to basketball games, going to football games. So that was like my, I guess my baseline for seeing how college is like. So when I saw Dixie state, I was like, Oh man, like this place is nothing like what I had pictured college being like, you know? And so I kind of had a mixed view of it right uh, at first, but then once I kind of got a feel for the town and started seeing how fast it was growing, like, I think that's what really got me attracted to it i want to i want to talk more about that too because i mean joe and i both went to d3 schools so we kind of had the right. similar smaller ncaa feel and i mm-hmm. think a lot of people i mean obviously we all we all strive to go to the absolute best baseball program that we can go to and a lot of the times right. we want that to be division one but what would you say to to people that have that idea or even to yourself kind of when you realize kind of had that mindset shift of it doesn't always have to be a huge athletic school to play really good baseball right and I think that's where the whole college baseball gets like really skewed is like people don't realize the talent level that's at every division like I mean, you guys, what, had a third, fourth rounder pitcher? Like, mm-hmm. we didn't have one of those in our conference and we're D2. Like, it doesn't matter where you go. Like, you're going to see dudes. And just because, like, and yeah, like you had said, like, everyone, like, they're freshman, junior, or freshman, sophomore, like, junior, year, everyone wants to go to, like, the big D1s nearby them and play in front of the big fans. And, like, yeah, that's great, and you should strive for that. But, like, I can guarantee you that you're going to be facing – the same, if not at times, better competition by going to a D2 or D3 school rather than, you know, your dream school in a way. Yeah, there definitely is that misconception. And and it is kind of frustrating to, to hear people who, you know, haven't been in D2 or D3 baseball, like, just talk badly about it. But it is what it is. Oh, you know? um, but, Jake, let's get back to you. You know, when when did you finally commit to Dixie State? Um, I think it was like two, three-ish weeks after my visit. They called me like a couple days after, gave me the offer, and then just said like, hey, like we'll give you some time to think about it. And then that was at that kind of point in time when like I hadn't had my senior year yet. I didn't really know what was going to happen. And so like, I mean, it was naive at that point to not like – step away and kind of see the bigger picture of things. So I kind of just wanted to, you know, like I had a good offer. It was a good school. I just wanted to set it in stone and just be done with the process. And so that's how I kind of sealed the deal right there. Do you, do you think some of that, some of that feeling of just kind of wanting to get a little bit sense of security was because you played in Tucson and you felt like you didn't have as much exposure? Cause I mean, we already talked about that you, you had an excellent high school career and you went on to have an excellent senior year in high school. Um, But do you think that played, played a role in it? Because you obviously had the talent to, to wait. Right. Um, 
yeah i mean it was definitely it was just more of a relief than anything like it wasn't i didn't have to market myself anymore like i wasn't like you said like i wasn't advertising my game like i could just go out there and play like i could just have fun and that's of course that's when everyone plays better and i think that was a big part of the success that i had was just not having to worry about where i was going to end up in a couple months but rather just enjoy the time i had for my senior year right. mm-hmm. jake how were what was your parents reaction like when you committed i mean did they have an I- ideal school they wanted you to go to or you know were they just really supportive throughout the whole process and wanted you to go wherever you felt was best for you i mean i would hope they were proud you know <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> um no, I think for them, like, it was just a matter of not being in, like, so much debt by the time I get my degree, you know, and just the opportunity to go to a school for four, and I, I guess now five years of the whole COVID thing, but being able to leave college with no school debt and being able to, like, get my life going, like, right when I graduated is, was a big part of it, and I think that's what we still, like, we talk about that to this day, like, how fortunate we are to be in a position like that when other people aren't as much so i mean that's yeah i think that's a that's a huge thing to think about when making your college decision because i mean absolutely it's i mean joe and i both went to a private school and the price of that is just it's going up it's ridiculous we've already talked about it we don't need to talk about it more but it's (laughs) it's 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 a real it's a real thing to think about and yeah i mean the you you hit it right on the head. I mean, that needs to be part of of the thought process and the decision because I'm I'm sure you could have gone to other places that might have been cooler or more glamorous, but definitely had a, a higher price tag. So I think that's a that's a huge part to think about. But also the we, we talk about fit all the time and we touched on the financial side of things, but what what else checked the boxes at Dixie. I mean, we talked about the facilities and we talked about being on campus, but from the, the university side of things and the, and being in St. George, it was, was what, what, what was it about Dixie? Um, I think their winning reputation was huge for me. Like if I was going to, if I wanted to go to a division two, I wanted to make sure that it was somewhere I was going to play at the highest level possible. And that was a team that, you know, had a run for going to the D2 World Series every year, and that's what it's about, you know, and same with you guys, I would assume for D3. But uh, when it came to the school-wise, like St. George was like top five fastest growing cities in the country or something, and just like the progression of Dixie itself, like I wanted to be a part of, I guess, the the foundation of Dixie and kind of see how it was going to progress as the years went on. And it's, I mean, the school's, skyrocketed the towns growing like no other and there's buildings popping up left and right here on campus so it's kind of cool to see the whole progression of the school and i think that's what i wanted to do was kind of just rather than go to a school that was already built i wanted to see this kind of explode in a way and kind of say that i was here Mm -hmm. when it was it looked like this and then in 10 years when it's a huge <laughs> d1 and like <laughs> you guys you guys are taking this for granted yeah dixie state guess, now d1 I, baseball by the way <laughs> what's that dixie state now d1 baseball by the way for for those of you listening yeah right right 
Jake, let's let's go into your freshman year at Dixie. Um, you know, how was it being away from home? You know, how was Utah specifically? Um, and, and the baseball aspect was was that a big a big shift in in terms of amount of hours per week that you were going into? Oh yeah, big time. I mean we. I mean, we didn't lift in high school when it came to baseball. So I think the lifting schedule right away, getting baptized by fire with that. And then just the hours, like back then, the hours were a lot different than they are now with the whole NCAA stuff, but they were brutal back then. And so, like I said, like it was just like, I got into it right away, like the hard way. And granted, like it's, I like that because now, it, you know, things are getting better and like the game's kind of starting to slow down, but for me back then, like it was definitely like a culture shock seeing how much, like we had talked about, like the level of competition, like my freshman year, that team was one game away from going to the world series. Like we were the real deal. So seeing how mm-hmm. good this team was and how much different it was from high school was definitely an eye opener. What did, uh, what really stood out to you in your game and really what you needed to work on? You already talked about, the lifting aspect of it you were kind of behind the eight ball walking into that but what else did you step into your freshman year and was like i need to work on this man everything at that point but um probably defense and kind of getting accustomed to that just like the level of hitters that i had to play against and the speed of the game like the game was a lot faster so you had to play a lot faster in a way and so that was probably a big change for me. It was just having to pick up the pace and not being able to not necessarily go through the motions, but I had to set a different standard when it came to the pace of play for a college baseball player. That makes sense. Yeah, it does. Jake, tell us a little bit about the culture at Dixie. Once you got there, I mean, a winning program, was it a very family feel like very welcoming to the new guys? Yeah. I mean, you know, it's always, it's never easy being a freshman, but it was very, like, I know it's right away. It was very family oriented in a way. And our coaching staff took pride in who they brought in as like a person, not as much as a baseball player. Like you not only are you representing the baseball team, but you're representing your family and the guys next to you and the name on your Jersey. So they wanted to bring in like genuine people that they could, you know, you could walk around town and you wouldn't have to worry about ruining the reputation. So that was a big point of it. But I mean, it was, it was pretty different. Like they make you stay clean cut. Like your hair has to be above a certain length. You know, you got to keep it tight fit when you're going out, you know, shirt tucked in, we wear polos. Like it's, it was definitely different than what I was used to, but Hmm. that's just the standard that they set. And so your freshman year, yeah, you already said you guys were were really really good, um, and you probably you probably didn't play as much as you wanted to. Did you have any idea of or any thoughts of transferring either in the fall or after after that first season? Yeah, I did actually. I wanted. I mean, I had contemplated going to a junior college or you know transferring to another school or I mean you know just whatever I could do because I didn't know what was going to happen the next year or the following year after that like I mean like you said like I didn't play a whole lot and I didn't necessarily earn a position for the following year so it was kind of it was soft of me to do that at that point in time like in 
rather than like chief it out and work for something like I kind of looked for the easy way out and going for something that would benefit me but yeah no definitely after that I considered leaving for sure what was I mean what made you stay was it was it the guys was it just kind of like you know let's let's grind it out let's let's just see how good I can become here what was it yeah yeah I was kind of just like a it was almost like, let's see what happens. Like there was so much, like there was so much good about the program and about the school and like where I was that it was something like I couldn't necessarily pass up. So that's, that's why I stuck around. And so let's fast forward. I mean, obviously you stayed and you, you developed into a first team all American and that's, that takes a lot of work and that congratulations on that i mean you're you're absolute stud but what what got you to that point i mean was it lifting consistently hitting consistently being in a college program or what what kind of helped you get to that highest level of of playing um there were some mechanical issues i had to fix that were pretty big for me as a hitter but no i think just the like the experience over the years, just like kind of getting my feet wet, um, getting the at-bats through the fall and the springs, you know, just seeing more live at-bats. I think that was just all a part of it. And that's why I wasn't necessarily worried about like the first two seasons I had, just because I knew that it was going to lead to something good just from the exposure that I was getting from the competition. But no, I think just experience and confidence and, you know, a coach telling me a few different things to do was the difference from hitting 280 to junior year. Jake, I do want to get into this. It's, it's the aspect of, of size for D2 and D3 guys. Um, and personally, I think that was one of the biggest things that hurt me in my recruitment was, was my size. Um, and I, and I've grown physically, but you know, you and I played together last year in Thunder Bay in the Northwoods League. And, you know, you're you're strong, you're athletic, you're fast. Um, you know, were you a bigger guy coming out of high school or did you just did you put on a lot of put on a lot of good weight, just get more athletic at Dixie? Um, no, I was. I was probably like 190, 195 leaving high school. Um and then after freshman year, like I still didn't lift a whole lot. And I, I, after the season was over, like I looked myself in the mirror and I was like, you fucking loser. Like, <laughs> I just didn't like what I, I didn't like what I was seeing. So that summer, like I kind of just, I didn't play summer ball or anything. Like I just went home and went to the gym every day and came back and just kind of, I haven't really stopped from there and just kind of fell in love with, seeing progression and seeing how it translated to baseball. But yeah, I never really realized how big of an impact that, you you know, played a part in the whole level of competition wise. Like when you're competing against other guys, like someone's always going to be outworking you in a way. So I guess that was a big driving force to me was my competitions out there lifting right now. So if I'm not, and I'm doing what I've been doing, like, I'm going to look like this rest of my life. So that was my kind of 
come into Jesus moment when through my baseball career. <laughs> I think I think that was a that's a huge point. I mean, the to be really good, really at anything you're doing in life, I think it you have to fall in love with the grind, and I think that's what you just talked about right there. Um, but what what was it the the thought process of someone else is working this hard? What that has kept you being able to stay on track with being that in love with the grind over these last few years, especially with COVID going on right now, as your season got shortened, you obviously have a longer, a longer off season until you get back to school. Yeah, no, I think that that saying is more relevant than ever at this point in life. And it's the, there's this quote that's like, it's like, Oh, I can't remember. Pretty much it's just saying that, there's going to be a point in time when you and your competition are going to meet and like whatever you're not doing and they're doing, they're going to win essentially. So that's just kind of be my biggest thing is like, for me, like if a pitcher's out there working right now, he's doing whatever he's got to do. And I'm not at the gym, I'm not in the cages hitting, like there's going to be a point in time when I'm hitting against him and he's going to beat me. And so like, that's kind of just a driving force for me when I'm, on the couch six hours deep in Netflix, like <laughs> I got to get up and, you know, I got to get up and do something like whether it's stretching or mobility, like anything like meditating, any kind of like mental game or going for a job, like just little things like you're going to beat someone out there eventually. So I think that's just a big thing for me personally. Jake, what advice what lasting advice would you give to high schoolers going through the, I guess the recruiting process, but maybe also just, just development as a person, as a man um, and maturing, what advice would you give? Um, for the recruitment side, I would say that you got to do it on your, like yourself. Like you can't look or wait around for coaches to notice you. Like you got to put yourself out there. You got to, either like i said use what technology has given us today like use your social media platforms get your name out there like it, i know tournaments and showcases aren't all that accessible just due to the price but send emails get video send your stats send your analytics all that stuff like with the whole baseball changing like that's huge and stuff but um i guess for baseball players as a whole like development side like get in the gym, get bigger, get stronger, get faster. So when you get to college, you can slim that gap down. You don't want to come in and have to really fend for yourself and work or catch up to the guys that have been there for two, three years. Like if you want to come in and play your freshman year, like you got to come in and make an impact. You got to make a statement. And the only way you can do that is if you come in looking like a baseball player or a college baseball player rather than a high school baseball player, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Totally. I think, I think that's perfect, perfect advice that can help a lot, a lot of people, but Jake, I want to, I want to finish up with, I mean, what's next? You're, you're going, you're going back for the fifth year at Dixie because uh, of the, the shortened COVID year. Tell us a little bit about your thoughts with that season. And if you're eyeing that 2021 draft, uh, join join Joe in the in the professional baseball ranks. Um, but what's next, man? I mean, <clears throat> there's so much that's out of my control that I can't worry about when it comes to baseball. So I mean, at this point, like I'm just gonna go back. I'm gonna get my degree, and you know, I'm gonna have fun for my last senior year. 
again. <laughs> but <laughs> um, yeah. So I mean, like, like I said, like when it comes to the draft, like, yeah, that would be awesome. Like that would be an incredible experience, but that I can't control that. Like that's someone else's decision. So when it comes to that, like if it's meant to be, it's meant to be. And if it's not, then it was never going to happen. And I'm okay with that. So. Got it. Well, best of luck, Jake. Thank you again for being on. This has been awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you guys for having me. Hey guys, hope you enjoyed that interview with Jake. Um, Jake, best of luck to your next year at Dixie, going D1. That'll be awesome. Um, but let's let's get straight into into going over what Jake talked about. So first, Jared. I mean, he talks about Tucson. He talks about Arizona. You know, going to tournaments rather than than the showcase circuit. But just the different style of recruiting. I guess once you once you leave a, a hot spot in that sense, but just interest, interesting to see how a lot of guys just didn't really go to showcases where Jake was from. Well, yeah, that's what that's what I kind of first thought about when we started talking with him. But I think it was last episode with Pat, I talked about kind of knowing your fit, not only with where you go, but in your recruiting process. And I think that's a perfect example right there for for these Arizona kids that are are easily exposed to these big tournaments and for those of you not familiar with these tournaments the the Arizona senior and junior fall classics are awesome events um they are what they sound like if you're a junior you go to the junior classic and senior you go to the senior classic um but they're awesome events and there's a ton of a ton of uh, college coaches out there at those events but there's also the the tournament style events with the perfect game tournaments and stuff like that and if you can get out to those they have them in arizona for the east coast uh they have usually in georgia but these are these are excellent tournaments and and don't don't pigeon pigeonhole yourself into a showcase or a camp or a tournament i mean like like we've talked about before find what's good for you whether you need to go to these or to camps or to showcases or even like jack talked about a couple episodes ago if you just need to get video out to as many coaches as possible but yeah it was it was mm-hmm. interesting to hear that they really only did tournaments yeah it was and you know in the intro we talked about how jake was you know his basically his last piece of advice was was to start earlier and and you can do that just by emailing, emailing coaches uh, calling them up just introducing yourself um, and sending video out. I mean, he 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 does point on that a lot of that's just kind of where things are trending, like using social media to get your name out there. That's kind of where things are trending. So you might as well use that as a tool. But Jared, I want to get into to the Yankee scout team. Um, that was an opportunity for Jake to really get more exposure. I mean, having the playing in front of a scout every single time you get on the field. Um, but also playing against junior college competition and and seeing how you stack up against current college players. Yeah, it was kind of like we talked about in the interview. I 
because I tried out for the Cardinal Scout team here in Vegas, and I had a ton of friends that were on that team and got to see where they ended up committing and the events and tournaments and who they played against. So and it was it was very similar. So I'm curious to find out if that's just kind of the MO for these scout teams. But yeah, it's if you can get on one of those teams, I think it's a huge, huge tool because not only do you get to play in front of, of scouts uh, for potential high school draft pick, but I mean, scouts, no coaches, coaches, no scouts. Mm-hmm. I mean, the, the baseball community is so intertwined that if you have the opportunity to get on one of those teams, then I think you should take advantage of that. But, but also if you don't get on one of those teams, it's, you still have opportunities. I mean, that's not the end all be all. Obviously it's a great, it's a great tool, but, Mm -hmm. but if you don't get on one of those teams, don't, don't feel discouraged. Don't, don't try to do other things. Yeah. You might have to do some extra stuff. I mean, I know like Jake talked about, I sent a ton of emails um, probably like five to 10 a week to different schools, reaching out, sending video. And especially with what we talked about with social media, you, you might have to do some stuff, but yeah, it find out if there's a scout team in your area that you can get on or a scout like team in your area. Cause I think they're huge. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I personally never got on any of the scout teams, but I know a lot of people who have, and they were definitely huge in, in terms of just getting exposure to, to people you, who want to see you, you know? Um, but Jerry, let's go, let's go into lifting. Let's go into the physical aspect of, you know, when we were talking to Jake, I asked him, you know, Jake, how big were you when you're heading into Dixie state as a freshman? Um, and, and we think about this, at least what I've seen is there's a big physical difference coming in as a freshman between like D1, D2, and D3 guys. I mean, I was tiny coming in as a freshman, going to Chapman. Um, you know, I've, I've obviously physically matured a lot, but kind of seems like it's the same deal with Jake, where, you know, like when I first met Jake, he he's very athletic, very physical, a lot of pop. But, you know, that had to develop. That didn't necessarily come in um, right off the bat. Well, it's funny. I think I went out as a senior also being a pretty tiny dude. Um, (laughs) But yeah, I think it's, I mean, just think about the age difference. I mean, you, you have, you got guys that sometimes are coming into these college programs at 17 years old and you got guys that are leaving it at even sometimes 24 years old. If you take a medical red shirt, you take a normal red shirt, take a year off. I mean, that's seven years of growth and maturity is a huge, huge gap. It really is. It is. Um, but that doesn't necessarily mean that you need to be behind the eight ball. Um, I think learning how to properly lift and taking a, a quote from, from Pat Caulfield in our last episode, functionally lifting as a baseball player, because you don't need to be a bodybuilder as a baseball player. And a lot of times that can, hinder your growth and your player development well just well just the idea of what you do in the weight room needs to transfer onto the field like it's it's literally as simple as that where it's like yeah like you do want to get bigger but at the same time like being bigger and bulkier which is something i had to learn as well being bigger and bulkier isn't necessarily like the best thing because if you lose your mobility you know like you, you need that balance between strength and mobility 
in baseball, <laughs> especially baseball, like throwing all that stuff. But um, I think that's just something a lot of people forget. Well, yeah. I mean, think back to when you first stepped on campus at Chapman. I, uh, <laughs> I decided that in the fall of my sophomore year, I was going to try to put on weight because I wanted to try to drive the ball out of the yard. <laughs> and, and mind you, I didn't have a single home run in my entire college career, <laughs> um, but, which was a running joke on our team, by the way. And I went into our fall season weighing 190, which was the most I'd ever weighed, the most I'd ever weighed my entire life. I normally play around 175 to 180. <laughs> and I'm playing shortstop weighing 190. I had zero. I lost all my range. I lost all my. Yeah, speed. you couldn't move. I was. I was move. a sub. I was a sub seven runner. I was no longer running that. I was getting hosed every time I tried to steal. I got to no balls, uh, and I sucked at the plate. I think I had like five five hits in the whole fall. I think I struck out like twenty one times. Um, yeah, that was rough. But I mean, I shedded that weight because I realized that wasn't what I needed to do to play. And I went on yeah. to have a, a, a very, very good sophomore season. But again, it's just, you got to know yourself. And, and Jake knew that he needed to put on weight. He needed to put on muscle um, because that was, that was his game. And I think that's knowing that is just as important as knowing how to lift properly and to get mm-hmm. into the shape you need to, to, to physically mature into the player that you need to be. Yes, definitely. And Last thing we're going to touch on is is Jake's mentality. Um, you know, he, I remember he was telling us about those summer days where he was just sitting on the couch and he's like, you know, like doesn't really have the motivation to lift, just doesn't feel like it. But but that change in mentality of okay, what are what are the guys that I'm playing against? Like, what are they doing right now? And I really, I think that's something everyone can use. Right? It's like finding what's going to motivate you to be the best player you can be. Yeah, we don't we don't even have to to stick it into baseball. I mean, just life. That's a great motto yeah. to have for life. Mm-hmm. If if you're if someone else is doing something more than you, then they they're probably going to be better than you at that. And I think that was that was my favorite part of this interview was listening to Jake talk about that because a lot of people have motivation for short periods of time. Right. Mm-hmm. And being able to sustain that for a, a longer period of time over multiple years and then leading that into whether you get drafted or or if you you hang up the cleats and you and you start your career. I mean, that's going to stick with you in, in your life, in your family, in your business, in your health, mm-hmm. in your mindfulness. I mean, that's just a huge, a huge concept for people to to adopt. And so, guys, again, we we want to provide you guys what you want to hear. So if if you guys are loving what you're hearing, let us know. We love getting feedback from all you guys listening. It really means a lot to us. And if you want to rate rate this podcast, whether wherever you're listening to it, that, that goes a long way for us. But we we come at you every Tuesday with with new stories, with with new schools and if you, if you want to hear a school or you want to hear different guys, again, reach out to us. This is for you guys, and we want to interact with you. So either reach out to us on Twitter, on Instagram, on Facebook. <laughs> we're, we're even on LinkedIn now if you want to add us on LinkedIn. <laughs> um, 
but and and even even our website we've we've done a lot of work on our website to try to make it as easy and accessible for you guys to get as much information as you can so if you can't listen to a full episode check out our website at officialvisitpod.com we have we have good quotes on there for for recruiting on player development and also some resources that you can check out so until next Tuesday, we we got a great one coming next week. So you guys, you guys are gonna want to keep tuning in. We're we're getting we're getting some really exciting episodes coming at you in the next couple of weeks. So until then, we'll see you guys next week.